Hi, this is David and Barbie Cooper. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's always a privilege to share this time with you. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. And for more information and resources to help you grow in your walk with the Lord, go to malparin.com. Thank you for your generous support. It helps the ministry greatly. Today, we're going to talk about getting some rest, spiritual rest. As we continue to look at a highlight from Hebrews, today we're looking at Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. We spend one-third of our lives sleeping. Rest is important for our mental, emotional, and physical health. The same is true spiritually. Here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3, we read this fascinating statement. We who have believed enter that rest. We who have believed in Jesus experience spiritual rest. Rest from sin, rest from self-righteousness, trying to earn our salvation. All that works righteousness is exhausting. But when we believe in Jesus and trust Him as our Savior, we depend upon the grace of God to save us, and we enter a state of spiritual rest. We have rest in the sense that we're at peace with God. We know that our sins are forgiven. We know we have eternal life. Faith in Christ gives us an amazing sense of peace and spiritual rest. The book of Hebrews turns its attention to three Old Testament examples of rest that point prophetically to Jesus and what he did for us in coming to save us from our sins. It uses the story of the promised land and the Israelites, the creation story and how God rested, and finally the Sabbath day. The book of Hebrews talks about the promised land as a land of rest for the people of Israel after the wilderness. So we read here in the scripture, therefore, since the promise of entering God's rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we, that is believers, who have believed in Jesus, that is, enter that rest, a spiritual rest, just as God said to the people then. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. That's the opening three verses of Hebrews 4. So here we learn that God promises us spiritual rest from sin and from self-effort through faith in Christ. But we forfeit the grace that could be ours to unbelief if we choose not to believe in Jesus or reject him. Just as the people did in Moses' day when they forfeited the promised land because of their unbelief. That's a quote from Psalm 95:11 that the writer of Hebrews uses. So I said, they shall never enter my rest, God said. Remember that after the 40 years, Joshua and Caleb and the other 10 spies spied out the land and Joshua and Caleb said, let's possess the promised land. But the other 10 spies, the Bible tells us in the book of Numbers chapter 13 and 14, that they spread fear among the people. They said there are giants in the land. We're not able to conquer the land. The hearts of the people melted with fear. They didn't believe the promise. They disobeyed God instead of claiming their inheritance. And that's what led them into that 40-year wilderness experience, it kept them from the promise. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. It was a land of rest. Traveling around in the desert for 40 years was hard work. They had to set up camp. And then when the Lord moved upon their hearts under Moses' leadership, they had to pack up everything and travel. They had to do that for their own protection, 
from enemies that threatened to destroy them in the desert. They had to do that to deal with the elements of the desert. It was exhausting living in the desert for 40 years, and now they had a promised land. They had to go in victoriously, take the promise. But because of their fear and their unbelief, which led them to disobeying God, they wouldn't claim the promise. They did not enter God's rest. And the writer of Hebrews is telling us that we've had the gospel preached to us just like they did. They had the word, the good news of the promised land. We've had the good news of Jesus and his salvation. But if we too harden our hearts to the gospel or live in unbelief and disobedience, then we forfeit the blessing, the promised land, what Jesus called abundant life. And we live our lives out in the desert. Maybe today you find yourself in a spiritual desert, a wilderness brought on by unbelief or disobedience. Today, you can turn around. You can get out of that desert experience. You can put your faith in Christ. You can put your faith in God to help you with what you're going through. The key to blessing is obeying God. Everything God tells us in the Word, when we obey His Word, we live an abundant life. So the writer of Hebrews says, this is an example of us spiritually. That just as they forfeited the land of promise, if we don't believe the gospel or we reject the gospel, we're forfeiting the grace of God, the salvation, the promise of eternal life that could be ours. And I pray and trust that you have trusted Christ as your Savior, that you live by faith because you will experience the amazing blessings of God in your life and you truly will enter spiritual rest and peace through faith in Christ. Second of all, he says that there's an example of spiritual rest found in the creation story. There's a connection between the creation story and the opening of the book of Genesis and the cross of Christ and the finished work of Christ. Now, after the seven days of creation, which just tell us basically that God used time and process to create the universe, which science also confirms, that God formed the planets and the earth the first three days and God filled everything in the world that he formed on the second three days. But now on the seventh day, it tells us that God rested or he finished his work. So the writer of Hebrews says, and yet his works, God works, have been finished since the creation of the world. He's drawn allusion to Genesis chapter two, verses one through three, that on the seventh day, God finished his work of creation. The writer of Hebrews continues. For somewhere, that means in the Old Testament, he, God, has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again in this passage above, that is in Genesis, God says, they shall never enter my rest. That's the Psalm 95, 11 we looked at. So the writer of Hebrews brings a meaning to all this. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. Now, this is a prophetic today, and this today is speaking of the day Jesus died on the cross. This is the day the Lord has made, the day of salvation. This he, that is God, did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, God's voice, do not harden your hearts. For Joshua, that is the Old Testament Joshua that followed Moses, had given them rest, God would have not spoken later about another day. That's chapter four, verses three through eight of Hebrews. So Joshua 
He did eventually lead the people into the promised land, but that was a physical land. That was a physical rest. And he says, there's another rest. It's not just physical rest. There's another rest. There's a spiritual rest. And that is in the finished work of Christ. Now think about the day of creation and God finishing that on the seventh day and what it tells us about the cross. So creation was finished on the seventh day. Creation points to the finished work of Christ on the cross. God rested or finished the work of creation and Jesus finished the work of redemption. The last thing Jesus uttered from the cross were the words, it is finished. Now the word today that the writer of Hebrews uses here from Psalm 95, verse seven and eight, speaks of the day of salvation. For every one who puts their faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord. So there is the today that Jesus died on the cross and rose again on Easter Sunday. That is today. That's the day that the work of salvation was finished. But your today is the day that you receive Christ as your Savior and begin to follow him as Lord of your life. So Paul writes about this. And he says, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he, God says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. That's what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. And it's a quote from Isaiah 49, verse 8. That's one of the most important scriptures, I think, in the New Testament. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. You know, I've met people before that said to me, I can't really receive Christ as my Lord because I'm doing too many wrong things. I, I'm too bad of a sinner. I don't think God will receive me. When you feel the compulsion to trust Christ as your Savior, that is the Holy Spirit working in your heart. The day that you're ready to turn to Christ is always the today. God is always ready to receive you. Even as a Christian, if you get off course, if you're like the prodigal son and you turn away from the Lord, some of you today say, I need to come back to Christ. I need to rededicate myself. This is your today. Today is always the day of salvation. You don't have to get yourself ready. You don't have to try to be a better person. You come just like you are. One of the greatest Christian songs ever written was written by a woman named Charlotte Elliott. She wrote the words, just as I am, without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me and that you bid me or urge me, come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. This is your day. It's always today. You can always come to God today, receive salvation and grace and blessing. So just as God finished the work of creation, Jesus finished the work of the cross. What a good news to know that God always finishes his work. Now, third of all, we see the writer of Hebrews give us a connection between the Sabbath day of the Old Testament and our salvation in Christ. So here the book of Hebrews continues and he says, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. I want you to notice that one phrase, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also works from their own works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Hebrews 4, verse 9 to 11. 
Now this phrase, the Sabbath rest, is fascinating. So here we learn that the Sabbath rest is not just a day of the week, but it is an experience of faith in Jesus. Now some people want to argue about the Sabbath day. Is it Sunday, the first day of the week? It is the Old Testament Jewish Sabbath, the seventh day. The Sabbath is not a day. It is a person. It is the day of salvation. The Sabbath points to something far greater than just an actual day. It is important for God's people, and we've been doing it for 2,000 years, to come to church on Sundays, the resurrection day, the first day of the week. That's a spiritual Sabbath. It's a Christian Sabbath. It's very important for us to do that. But as we know, just keeping a day of the week doesn't save us. Going to church doesn't save us. The day of salvation is the day you receive Christ as Lord. And when you experience him, you enter a Sabbath rest. This is what Jesus was talking about when he said those famous words, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. That's what he's talking about, resting from the labor of sin, resting from guilt, the burden of sin, the burden of religion, the burden of trying to work your way to heaven. He says, come to me, I'll give you rest from all of that. I'll give you salvation and hope and grace, forgiveness of your sins and the promise of eternal life. Now, the challenge for us, he says, is for us to remain in faith and obedience to Christ with a persevering faith. He says, let us make every effort to enter that rest. He said, well, what does that mean? That sounds like a paradox that I'm resting in Christ and yet I'm laboring. You know, it's very easy as a Christian to start by faith and drift back into works. It's amazing. We start off as a believer in Christ, talking about our relationship to Jesus. And if we're not careful over time, we fall back into the rituals of religion without realizing that we're trying to add to our salvation. So we think that I'm saved by grace, but I've got to do good works, which good works are important, but they don't add to salvation. I've got to pray more. Prayer is very important, but it doesn't make you more saved. I've got to be more loving or bear more fruit of the Spirit. Those are important parts of growing in your Christian life, but they don't add to your salvation. Witnessing to people like Jesus is so important, but it doesn't make you more saved. You're either in Christ or not in Christ, and I pray that you are in Christ in a relationship with Jesus. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying here, because that's what was going on in the early church. Many people that had come out of Judaism accepted Jesus as the fulfillment of Judaism, the Messiah. They were now going back into the law. They were going back and practicing Old Testament rituals. The rituals are great, but they pointed to Jesus, the fulfillment of all that. So just as you've started in Christ, in a relationship of faith, always remember that's what it means to be a Christian. Yes, we pray. Yes, we do good works because of our relationship with Jesus. Because we love him and we're concerned about the spiritual welfare of others, we're not adding to our salvation. We are saved by grace and we are kept by grace. And I pray today that you will truly enter into God's rest. If you don't know Christ, receive him today. As a Christian, you think to yourself, you know, I've really gotten kind of religious lately. And I keep trying to work my way to heaven, making yourself more secure in your mind for your eternal life. But today, Dismiss all those notions. The labor you should do is make sure you labor to enter into rest. Keep yourself in that place of perfect faith and trust in Christ for your salvation. And don't try to add anything to the grace of God, but rejoice in the grace that saves us 
and keeps us. Join me for prayer today. Father, I pray today that every person who shared the word today with me truly knows you through faith in Jesus. For your word tells us, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. I pray for believers that may find themselves becoming overly religious, maybe self-righteous, that you again will remind them to put all of that away. It doesn't add anything. It, it clouds the real simplicity of what it means to trust you as Savior. I pray today that you'll free them from the yoke of religion and from ritualism, that they may truly enter into your rest today in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining me for the study of the Word of God today. The book of Hebrews is filled with spiritual riches. Let me ask you to follow me on my sermon podcast. Just look for Pastor David Cooper and look for it just like that. And subscribe, become part of the messages. You can hear so many messages that will help you and others. We offer sometimes messages you'll only find posted on the sermon podcast. Remember to share and dig deep with others. If this message has helped you today, pass it on to someone. Invite others to become part of digging deep into God's Word. You can be a tremendous blessing by getting them involved in these moments we share together in God's Word. Sunday's coming, so I'm looking forward to seeing everyone in worship for this Sunday for worship. And I want to encourage you to always invite somebody to be with you on campus or online. Thank you so much for your gracious partnership in ministry as a part of the Mount Parrot family. And I pray you have a blessed day. I trust the message has been an encouragement to you today. Remember to follow us on social media and connect with us at mountperrin.com. I'll see you right here next week for a fresh message from God's Word.